Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new Tuesday Night Titans.
I can hear the Tuesday Night Titans, but that's it. Common man working hard with his hands. Tennessee Titans draft John Manzo. Not draft them, they trade him. Cleveland trades him to the Titans. That's what they deserve. I got my long sideburns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. Here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. A demolition. Walking disaster. Pain and destruction. There's not many. We are the Rougeau brothers. We're like no other. Don't remember the theme song, but it won't take long. Deuce and Domino. Let's get this thing going. Turn up the show. Pancakes and power slams. Hey, lady, spend the night at my house. She said, no way, you jive little mouse. Said, hey there, baby, can't take no more. She threw me on the floor, and I feel you fall. Singing drive so, bro, a jive so, bro. And ain't no way, time to get back in. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the look. Jab with girls while I got them moved. That really move them. Buy some chills. Up and down their spine. All right, technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have to get back with you here in a second. And you're always lying to your friends. Check one, two. There we go, there we go, there we go. All right, live. Let me know Let me know if you can hear me. Let me know. I think that was uh, what was needed to get everything together. Let me know, listening audience, if I can be heard now. Um, because I think that's what uh, was needed to get myself together here. And now I think I'm all set. Let me know. Uh, Hear me. Let me know if I can be heard live. I think that was the uh, issue now. I think we are good. Are we good? Are we good? All right. I'm hearing. uh, All right. There we go. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, now we are good and we are live and in living color. 
And we are getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Um, all right, so that's great. That's great that I got to fix. All right, so we got so we got some fun tonight. So here's the thing, everybody who's listening. The um, this is a this is a memory. This is a memory uh, lane, a stroll back uh, memory lane episode. Okay, so 201 episodes. I have no interviews today uh, on purpose. Okay, oh, thank you, loud and clear. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, uh, for some, I have a studio and um, uh, changed locations, and, and 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 I have a studio in my house, and <laughs> and uh, so we had to had to make a couple of. Uh, uh, Adjustments and uh, yeah, I am here now. I was I was explaining last week. I had bronchitis during the during the uh, episode, uh, during the Billy Gunn interview, and uh, I was struggling. And I was trying to I was toughing it out and toughing it out during the interview. Ended up feeling worse than I did um, after the show, vomiting and all types of diarrhea and nausea and. Um, Clammy Wednesday, I was just I uh, felt like uh, I was sweating all day and feeling clammy. Just felt horrible. And uh, yeah, so I got to hospital. Was in the hospital and got some medication. Been taking it all week. Got a short cough. Got a, got a. You still got a cough, but feel so 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 much better uh, this week than I did last week. So, but uh, yeah, I. I even even though I felt horrible last week, um, who cannot feel uh, bad? Who, who cannot feel good when you're interviewing Billy Gunn? And he was very thankful for for the interview. It was absolutely amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Derek, we are here and we are live. How about that, man? We are all set. Yeah, we are live. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. And again, last week, Billy Guns, forget about it. I mean, that was probably one of the best interviews I think we've had on Pancakes and Tire Slams, if I've ever heard my whole life. Uh, great job, Chris. Episode 200 last week. I mean, it was, I mean, it took up the whole hour and a half, which we always do, because again, 90 minutes is never enough. But I mean, Billy Gunn just enriched everybody with so much just stories and knowledge. He was laughing, having a great time. And uh, we were having a great time for you, unfortunately, but you know. Uh, you were having a great time, but, you know, under the weather, sick. But, you know, the world and the wrestling world needed that interview to hear what he's got to say after being released, and hopefully he gets back on and just, you know, turns the wrestling world upside down. He's too young to not have another impact the way he did. So, again, hats off, episode 201, Pancakes and Power Slam. Well, he's 52 years old, so uh, he didn't got too much left, but... Um, his, you know, he still looks great. I mean, looks great for fifty-two, and you know, you saying that he's, you know, can wrestle. He, he can still wrestle like he's in his thirties, and he looks like it too. Um, r- random side note: uh, Duke won. <laughs> I'm a big Duke fan, Duke basketball fan, and um, for the first time in nine years, we fell out of the top twenty-five. And that was uh, that was a tra- that was a travesty for me. 
because I'm a big Duke fan, and last year we won the daggone thing. We won, we won the whole thing, and and for for that to happen, just to drop out and just to go on such a embarrassing streak. You know, this today we lose against. You know, at first it's Clemson, then it's Notre Dame, and my it's just it, it was it was really tough to endure that type of losing streak as a Duke fan. But we're doing our best to rebound. We're clawing and scratching our way to. <laughs> yeah, at this point, we don't even care if it's the 16th seed. We we want we want to be in the tournament. So we're trying, you know, my, my hopes is that we'll impress on the ACC tournament and that uh, we will uh, have a impressive enough showing. We don't have to necessarily win the whole tournament, but we'll have an impressive enough showing that we'll at least get a 16 seed. So we shouldn't have any problems there. But, yeah, we, we beat Georgia Tech today, and um, it felt good. It felt good, Derek. I know that you're an Ohio State fan. I'm a diehard Ohio State football fan, but you know I'm a Duke basketball fan, and it feels tough. It's real tough to try to endure my Duke Blue Devils losing the way that we are. Well, I mean, you know what happens. That's what sports is. Um, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I do enjoy Ohio State basketball, but uh, they're not doing that great this year either. So, I mean, I guess we're kind of on the same boat. And, um, you know, That's we got right. the Super Bowl to look forward to this weekend. So you know, we'll see where that goes. I'm not. Ooh. I can't stand Elway's ugliest person I've ever seen in my life. I like Peyton Manning, Cam Newton. I'm still hot and cold with them. He's, the Carolina Panthers just aren't. They're still a new football team to me, even though they've been around 20 years now. I just, I don't know. I, I just hope it's a great game and it's close and it's not a blowout for either side. And this is Peyton Manning's yeah. uh, last swan song. So be it. I agree. I hope so. Um, let's get some predictions from the uh, from the live crowd, uh, from the live audience. Who do you think? Who do you got winning? Carolina or Denver Broncos? Um, like I told, like like I like I said with the, you know, the Prince Prince Pullman of you and with Billy Gunn, I uh, I'm an AFC guy. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, and you know. I've said that many times here on this show. Uh, Derek has made fun of that many times on the show, rightfully so. And, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Tennessee Titans uh, deserves actually uh, one of these. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that's that that basically describes the Tennessee Titans. We haven't been anybody of worth in, in quite some time, but it looks like we may get Joey Bosa. So, uh, and I'm a, you know I'm a huge Ohio State fan, so Ohio State coming to Tennessee that uh, that that fits well for me. But I'm an AFC guy, minus the Patriots and the 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 Colts, and uh, because of that, I, I I'm going for Denver, but um, nah. It's a win-win for me because because I respect Cam Newton and because you know um, because he had to really call and claw and scratch and just being in the position that he was. I mean, even when he was in Auburn, you know, he he uh, was in Florida and then he got he went to Auburn and, and won a national champ won a national championship and you know just the the, the road that he 
was in, in, in Auburn, you know. So because of that, you know, I respect Cam Newton. I respect I respect what he does. I respect his game. So if Carolina wins, it's it's Carolina. You know, it's you know it's a it's a team that's never had that experience before. So that would that would be fine for me. And then of course if if Denver wins, you know it's just it's Peyton Swan song and, and Peyton Manning. Please don't come back next year if you all win. Please don't. I will say if you don't win too, but I know that uh, you might have one more left in you if you try. You know, if you if you don't win, but I'm saying you know you get you you got yourself this far. I think I think either way you, you shouldn't come back next year. Peyton Manning should be a uh, I think Peyton Manning Peyton Manning would be a very good journalist. He would be a, a good commentator. So yeah, this year who we got? Let's see. Uh, uh, Carolina, Denver, Denver. So, comments that says my Cowboys deserve one too. Sad to say, um, I am no, such a I I, I cannot stand the Dallas cow. I call them the cowgirls. Um. You know, don't disrespect the woman because uh, I think the I think the cowgirls. You know what? The cowgirls actually may be a compliment to them. Um, the the cow duds. How about that? <laughs> the Dallas cow duds. And uh, <laughs> uh, nice comment there. As far as uh, <laughs> taking taking. Uh, <laughs> so someone somebody's taking offense of uh, of my cow dad's uh, comment there. <laughs> oh well, someone say I only know one NFL and one NFL team Patriots. That that's even worse. I mean, almost just as bad. I mean, they're 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 both just as bad actually. But all right, so ladies and gentlemen, enough Super Bowl talk. Let's talk wrestling. We're trying to. Uh, <laughs> Which we're trying to make it all inclusive this this episode because uh, just this this the wrestling you know the wrestling the WWE wrestling world has been very lackluster. However, last week we didn't talk too much about the Royal Rumble, um, so let's talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. Let's let's talk a little bit uh, about the Rock on Raw. Starting starting with the Royal Rumble, you know. I think this this is but one of the best Royal Rumbles that we had in, in in a number of years, minus the Roman Reigns booking. And I wrote this article in WWNation dot com. Minus the Roman Reigns booking, when you first because I was there in Columbus when uh, when they did the whole uh, drawing thing, and when they made Roman Reigns the number one choice, I immediately said, okay, well, this is a horrible idea. This is this idea is, is just horrible, and why in the world would you make Roman Reigns the number one pick, number one entrant? This basically is Philly all over again, and I don't know who's in charge of Roman Reigns' booking. I have no clue, but how in the world what could how in the world would it go all the way down the line 
and being approved by Vince McMahon to go out and be written and be exposed to the fans. Why in the world does that happen? And we and and it and it shows it shows very clearly that it's not necessarily Roman Reigns. It's Roman Reigns' booking. The reason why people don't like him. And it has you know, and it's sad because Roman Reigns, you know, he doesn't have really anything to show for that. He 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 can't really say much. He's at that point he's not at Cena status. He can't just say something and, and just expect for, you know, people to listen. How however I would say that it's about time if they're if you know, he knows if they're gonna make him the, the guy, the heir apparent. Why now? Why not now? You know, Robin Reigns decided to say something and say, Vince, you know, listen, this is horrible booking. This is horrible booking, and something needs to be done. Why would you make me the number one entrant and expect people to cheer me? With the whole leave and come back thing as if people were going to cheer when he came back. Oh, my goodness, such horrible booking. And the the fact that Roman Reigns was cheered heavily towards the end of the year last year goes to show that with correct booking, people can get behind Roman Reigns. He can be your guy. He can be Vince McMahon's guy. And people can get behind him and cheer for him like they did. You know, you got you got to the point where Chicago was cheering him. Philly was cheering him, you know, New York was cheering him. And so uh, three of the smartest audiences cheering for Roman Reigns at the end of the year last year goes to show that with proper booking, people will get behind Roman Reigns. However, you know, you, you, you hit the reset button and now somehow Dean Ambrose being inserted in the picture Helps things. I, I don't know, but I, I had a pretty interesting tweet last week when Dean Ambrose was at the end of the when he, when he was at the end, when he was the runner up. You know, I said uh, I, I can't think of it verbatim, but paraphrasing, I said something to the mixture of you know Triple H and Dean Ambrose, the last two people uh, being the last two people of the Royal Rumble equals we're going to give the marks what they want just to snatch it right back from them. And I said, well played, WWE. That's basically what it was. You just give the marks what they want. Dean Ambrose is the, at the at the very end just to say, oh, let's eliminate them. Let's, let's take away, you know, your hopes and dreams and have Triple H win. But I was fine with it. I think, uh, you know, AJ's debut as three was good just because – it gives some time in the beginning to shine, and it wasn't a lot of people there in the ring to kind of mess up his his entrance. Um, so it was good, uh, and yeah, I mean there wasn't a lot of fluffy surprises, which makes sense uh, because it was for the title. Uh, Jericho lasted over fifty minutes, so that was strong for him. So yeah, it was good. I mean, the Royal Rumble as a whole, I was very, I was satisfied with it. I, th- I don't think that there was a lot of negative spots to it, uh, other than Charlotte no selling. That, that was the worst thing in all of the Royal Rumble was Charlotte 
no selling the bank statement. You come out first of all you you, you beat Becky Lynch. It it was a hard fought fight. And instead of selling injuries from Becky Lynch, you attack her afterwards, which doesn't make sense. So Banks Sasha Banks comes and kicks Becky Lynch, which I still don't understand why they would do that to Becky Lynch. They need to protect her as much as possible. So you have a bank statement, and she cranked that thing. And you have Sasha Banks celebrating, and within seconds, Charlotte was on her knees, about to get up, and then they do another shot, and she's outside with her belt strapped over her. With her belt strapped over her, and she's walking, and I was I was just livid how they would just miss that spot. She needs she she should have been laid out on the ground. She should have sold the bank statement. Sasha Banks returned, and she cranked that thing, and she's uh well you know I'm just I'm just walking I'm just upset and just walking you know walking by. That was just absolutely poor selling, and that would that would if I was a coach in the back, that's something that I would have made such a huge emphasis about after that segment because you cannot afford to no sell stuff like that if you every moment counts. You can't afford not to no sell things like that. That was just absolutely horrible. Other than that, the the, the preview was good, but that was. That was the worst part of the pay-per-view to me. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And you talk about, you know, her coach. Well, I mean, probably her coach more or less is Ric Flair. I mean, Ric Flair should have given her the tongue lashing of her life. I mean, just absolutely just disgrace her. Say, how could you do this? I mean, especially on one of the biggest stages of the year. Um, you don't hear anybody else talk about that, really. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, Ric Flair should have really laid into her. However, yeah, I, this Royal Rumble is probably the best one I've seen 10, 15 years. Um, I don't really have any other problems with it. You know, the match itself was great. Uh, Triple H winning again. I mentioned last week with the two seconds that we had after the Billy Gunn episode. That I, I understand it. I get it. If this is going to be his final, you know, moment in the spotlight as far as being an in-ring performer, that's great. I get it. With uh, Ambrose being in there, makes the Smarks happy. It's just kind of one of those things that I was okay with any other time, depending on who it was, I would have had a problem. And again, the people involved pulled off a really great match. AJ Styles showcased what he can do, and especially last night on Monday Night Raw, he did a great job. So, so far with his spots, I've been happy with. The Royal Rumble match, again, the, the matches in between, uh, before the Royal Rumble were greatly executed. Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose match was great. So, it was really it was a great pay per view start off 2016. Looking forward to Fast Lane and up the road to the WrestleMania. So um, so far so good, and um, the whole thing with Charlotte and uh, Lynch again that kind of put a damper on things, but not too much to where you couldn't enjoy the rest of the night. Yeah, trivia: Who is known as the Colossus of Boggle Road? Who was known? As the Colossus of Bago Road. <laughs> How about that one? Uh, 
All right, and, the, and as far as the Rock on Raw is concerned, I think that was a I liked it. I, and here's the thing. I'm not a Rock guy. I, I've made that very clear. I'm not a Rock fan. Um, you know, I, I think he's dated and most of the stuff that he does. You know, it's it's Attitude Era stuff. People complain about Chris Jericho's stuff, but The Rock does the same stuff. And, you know, the whole finally and if you smell and, you know, he was doing that stuff almost 20 years ago. So, and it, <laughs> people liked it then and people still like it. Um, but I, 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 I'm not that guy. I wasn't that guy who, who liked The Rock's antics. I didn't like The Rock. I liked The Rock for a little bit back then, but for the most part, I I, I couldn't stand The Rock. So, um, him coming back last week on Raw, I actually liked it. I liked I liked the I liked The Rock's moment there. The off script stuff was funny. Um, so yeah, I mean he's you know he's good on the stick and he's been good on the stick, but. You know his. I think the fact that he he gave a really really good injection to um, just the raw that's been so lackluster for so long for for many years as a whole, and it was good. The whole backstage camera brought a kind of celebrity excitement, suspense feel to it, which was good. And so yeah, it was good. I, I was I was very impressed about it, and um, you know the the rest of it all was decent, but uh, the the Rock's addition to to it was really fun, and and it was great that the New Day got that spot with the Rock, but that was that was pretty funny, and so yeah, it was it was it was good, man. It was it was a good uh, definitely a memorable wall that I, I I liked pretty much. I was kind of torn on it. I like The Rock, um, but it seems like whenever they bring him back anymore, it's just a cheap pop, something easy for them to do. I mean, he goes on 10, 15, 20 minutes, and again, does his old shtick. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's too – focus more time on your current talent. I, I know The Rock's big, and he's always going to be a huge fixture in the WWE, but, Again, it's if he's not promoting himself as far as he's got a match coming up or something, it's just kind of dead water, and it's really didn't really add much to anything. I don't. I think they could have done fine without it. But again, it's you, you get that big pop at the beginning. Hey, it's the Rock, and then it, it just kind of, it gets old. It gets kind of boring and stale after the fact. So, yeah, I love to yeah. see the Rock, but again, they don't need to do that. Nice rolling conversation here as far as the worst no sales. Um, that's a flavor of the week topic, but I think that uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, I think we'll talk about that now. I mean, there's nothing, you know, we'll just skim through raw. But the worst no sales. Um, hmm, I mean, of course, the finger poke of doom. I I always remembered the Lex Luger. Bruiser Brody cage match. Um, Brody, man, I mean, he he did not sell for Luger at all, and uh, yeah, it was it was horrible. Uh, of course, when when Jake Roberts was um, not as uh, emotionally stable as he is now, uh, the the indie 
the indie show when he was intoxicated was uh, quite sad, and uh, that was a horrible no sale. And of course, uh, Scott Hall too, when um, he was that he was in the same situation, um, and, and and just no sailed. They were, they were, um, they were influenced heavily, influenced uh, from a chemical standpoint. So the worst non-chemically influenced cell. Yeah, I remember Brody, Brody and Luger. That was one. That was the one. One of the ones I remember. Um, I'm trying to think. Hogan, Hogan didn't sell the Warrior Splash that well. Um, at WrestleMania Nine, he actually. Uh, it, it seems like he tried to protect his character, and did the whole kick out. You know, uh, kick out at two and a half, but he didn't catch. He, he he tried to kick out a two, but he, he missed he missed it, and then he you know when he kicked out of Warrior Splash, he did the whole why me thing, and you know Hogan man, I tell you, he, <laughs> Hogan Hogan was a funny guy man because he did everything in his power to try to protect his character of the nineties. I mean, he would kick out. You know, his his threes weren't threes. He really didn't get pinned that really any time because he was still trying to kick out and he would kick out he wouldn't kick out in time. That was that was Hulk Hogan's three counts. And so Hogan was notorious for no selling, but can you remember any uh, specific uh, no sell moments? Uh basically I was just gonna say the WrestleMania six Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior. I mean both of them were I think kind of Guilty of that. I mean, I mean, the match itself was okay. I mean, as far as Hogan pretty much having to carry the Ultimate Warrior, which you know we hear a lot of that going on with anyone who fought the Ultimate Warrior. But yeah, I mean, just the splash and everything. It was just at the time. I mean, I was all about it. Going back later, watching it, and it's like, man, this was just probably one of some of the stiffest no selling match of all time. I don't really remember the Brody Luger match. I remember hearing about it, but again, I didn't have. Cable and stuff like that back in the 80s, but yeah, I would have to say WrestleMania 6, the main event, was probably going back and just watching it, just step by step, the whole thing was just kind of a mess. And, uh, yeah. you know, they were both trying to protect their character as well as Hogan, obviously, but yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, we got a comment here. Didn't Hogan make a hand gesture to the rest of the Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh man, that, I'm so glad that someone made reminded me of that because that was uh, that makes it even that much funnier. Because oh man, there's your that's that's Hogan for you, man. That's that's Hogan '90s for you. Make it two. It was it was two. It was two brother. You know, just oh man, it, it's funny because you know we were kids then. You know, in the '90s, in the in the early '90s. And it's it, you know it, it's funny twenty over twenty five years later you know to talk about these things because you know back then we're like yeah Hogan you're right you know it was too you know but you know we're down in mid thirties you know we're, we're saying you know hey listen Hogan you know it's yeah come on man you, you you did everything you can to protect your character and of course um. 
uh, oh yeah, the the false the the, the pen with with Sting. That was that was just the the weirdest thing ever. And I heard, I heard some backstage stuff about that, um, about the whole because it was uh, the whole Sting pen. It was just that was just really really weird. I remember um, another no sell was the guy uh, who was wrestling Perry Saturn. I, I don't remember his name, uh, but he he was wrestling Perry Saturn, and. Oh man, he didn't. He he knows so he he knows so Saturn, and uh, yeah, Perry Perry Saturn got quite upset about that, and because of uh, his no selling, he got him. He he gave him a pretty mean receipt. And uh, for those listening live, um, let me know what that guy's name is. Um, yeah, I don't. Mike Jones maybe, is it, but no. Was it Mike's Mike Bell possibly? I think something Mike Bell or something like that. Uh, Mike Bell, yep, Mike Bell. Yeah. So yeah, that, he, he yeah that was uh that was a pretty mean receipt there. So that was a very interesting no sale. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Um, last week was listener's choice a flavor of the week. Um, so. Go ahead and and throw out some topics, and we'll we'll make it we'll make it that this week too. We'll, we'll make it a listener's choice flavor of the week. Actually, uh, for the next few weeks, we'll make it a listener's choice uh, flavor of the week. So, um, if you're listening live, just throw out some topics, and uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, uh, those topics during the flavor of the week uh, segment. Uh, we didn't have enough time last week to do it because of the uh, the interview. So uh, yeah, listeners' choice the next few weeks. Listeners' choice for the weeks to see how it goes, and, and I'm sure that'll be fun. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to raw. First of all, before we get to raw, let's uh, let's let's take a stroll down memory lane. Uh, we we have so many amazing listeners. Um, we 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 get about eight thousand listeners um, uh, weekly. Uh, and, and yeah, just, I mean, of course, uh, and that's not, uh, counting any other social media outlets that are, um, that are using the podcast and other different podcast stations that are using the podcast through blog talk radio. But yeah, so, I mean, we get such a, a wonderful, wonderful fan base of support and, um, there's so much to talk about as far as memory lane. So, let me know, Derek, your pancakes and power slam story that's uh, memory lane worthy that you can let the people know about. Oh, man, there's been a lot. I'm trying to think. A really good one for me that I really had to work to uh, harder than I typically do, because obviously it's your flagship show, was uh, when Eli Drake was on here, because Eli Drake was obviously we roommates together and stuff like that. And to have bring him on here and have you interview him and just the interaction that we had through your social media and everything, just really put a big smile on my face. Almost like a coming home type of type of moment for me personally. Mm-hmm. And um, good news, he's wanting to come back on, so we'll have him back on here in the next few weeks or so. However, I mean, just to have that and to hear about you know his time that he was with the HWA at the same time I was and the whole, you know, stories and stuff like that. I mean, to me, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a more recent memory. 
I think that was only like last July, sometime last summer. But uh, for me, I kind of, you know, I had to get everything set up and get it going, get the production crew and everything ready here in the studio. So that was a lot of fun to bring him on there because he's a personal friend of mine. And for uh, just the interaction and everything, the show went off without a hitch. He enjoyed it. The audience enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I mean, to me, that was a lot of fun. Other than just being a part of the Pancakes and Power Slams family, um, you know, every week's a different adventure. It's a different, you know, you you wake up Tuesday morning. It's like it's Tuesday. Tonight, the show's going to be on. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, wonderful. And uh, whoever we're interviewing, you know, nine out of ten times, it's always going to be an awesome, great time. And But uh, for me, that one particular memory was that night we had him on. It was great. And so, you know, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I had a ball doing it. And uh, having a little more than just my index finger in it, I had my hand in that one. So that yeah. was great. That's true, man. That was that was your deal. That was your, your doing, bringing in Eli Drake. So, I've got so many, man, I tell you. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely not one to be prideful about uh, my journey in, in any sense at all, anywhere. And, of course, everyone knows uh, that I am um, in PhD. I'm, I'm a PhD student right now. And uh, um, it should be, should be next year that I'll be a doctor. So, I've had a lot of fun journeys with uh, with that. But I tell you what, man, I've got I have so many funny Oh come on. T B M King of Rock and Roll. I got it that 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 one that comment was uh was worthy of uh giving you a a special shout out. He says what's the difference between P and P and Raw? PNP has no bad episodes. That that was probably one of the best comments that I've heard in the history of Pancakes and Power Sam. So thank you very much there. Um, So yeah, let me let me tell you something very very interesting. So now you know studio, uh, like I said, my house uh, uh, down um, there's a, a studio that I have. And it's it's great. Uh, I love it, and it's the setup is awesome, and uh, um, just the uh, the studio setup is is great, and, and and it's my my personal fun layer. Okay, and uh, so that wasn't always the case. And uh, beforehand, I had a townhome, and uh, um, there was a studio. I had a studio set up, uh, but it was. Smaller, much smaller, uh, and shared. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were always. I mean, we. we I, I wanted to make it. I just. I wanted to really make it serious. I was so serious about making this a consistent show. You know, it's kind of like Raw when Raw was um, the Winter Storm last year when they had to shut down. Uh, a raw. They still had a raw. It was like a recaps and interviews and things like that. They still wanted to make it a weekly episodic show, and this and that's exactly how it was, uh, and, and still is with the Pancakes and Power Slams. We have really went 201 straight weeks. We have not missed a single week since the uh, since the inception of the show uh, in the spring of 2012. So in that time. 
I've had back surgery. I've had gallbladder surgery. I've had um, stomach flus, bronchitis. Uh, I've had two kids. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, even with that, we we just continued to keep the show running. And um, there was one time where um, the it was it was really cold and it was stormy and it it, it was just really really chilly. And my um, my setup at home was not working, and um, my Wi-Fi was shut down, so I couldn't get you know I couldn't get the internet. So I was just trying to just squirm and, and just trying to figure out what to do. Like, I'm having this show. This was, I mean, this was 2012. And so I was thinking, we listen, I have to have this show. I, I don't care what, you know, what to do. I mean, I don't care how it's going to be done. By, the, by, by 11 o'clock, the show will be on the air. And, uh, <laughs> and, I went to a Tim Hortons because I was trying to figure out what to do. I I had to have the show. And I went to a Tim Hortons and I drove with... (laughs) Please don't tell me we weren't in the delivery room so he could be here with us. Uh, That is absolutely not true. (laughs) Um, (coughs) I... Derek... Uh, and or Ryan uh, was was sure to um, there was probably one or two weeks where I was gone either with the vacation or or, or something of that nature. Um, it was uh, I think you know what's so funny that's that's an interesting quite that's an interesting comment because if I'm not mistaking my youngest he actually turned one last week. He was uh he was born on a weekday I think it was a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday that he was born, I believe. And Derek and Ryan took over the show that Tuesday and I called in. Um and I still I still managed to call in that yeah, yeah, that's what it was. He was born on a Monday and then Derek and Ryan took over the show that Tuesday and I still called in uh, just for a little bit to, uh, you know, just give people a status update and just, uh, you know, make a comment. But, uh, yeah, and so, yeah. so, so, so Tim Hortons, so I went, so went to Tim Hortons, right? And so I, <laughs> I was using their Wi-Fi for the show. And I had my tablet at the time. This was four years ago. I had my tablet at the time, and I had to get the show. I had to do the show. So I went and I I parked. It was and it was cold outside. It was freezing, freezing cold outside. It had to be in the twenties or teens. And so I was freezing. My feet were freezing in my car. And so still managed to do the show, still managed to get the show. And probably, I don't know, 45 minutes in the show, right? I'm in it. I'm I'm talking. I'm commentating. 
And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I see police officers go around my car, <laughs> siren, you know, lights on, and just it was dark. But they had, you know, their, their lights and the, the the amount of police cars. They surely made it bright at that point of time. So yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh so they came and they were like, Yeah, so um yeah, we got a we got a call that uh you know, just to make sure that everything's okay. 'Cause I'm thinking in my head, oh goodness. So I had to put the show on pause and then I spoke with them, got everything straightened out, and then they left and I finished the show. So that was that was the most memorable pancakes and power slams moment that I can possibly personally have just to show how much I'm committed to how much I'm committed to serve and to and to have a wonderful show, the Pancakes and Power Slam show every week. Um and the thing is I was I was still I was still getting good numbers. I mean I'm getting even better numbers, better than ever numbers now, but I was I was getting Numbers at that time, I'm, I was pretty happy about. You know, I just started a podcast, and I was getting numbers. I was getting numbers I was happy about. So, you know, well, I, I wanted to, I want, I want to I mean, make it I, consistent. I want, I want to, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I do remember that, because all of a sudden you're just, you're sitting there talking, then you just stopped. And uh, oh, we, we'll be right. Back. What's going on? What are we doing? I'm trying to tell you, oh, of course, you can't. You're apprehended by right. the police, so it's uh. And then after the fact, but then after that, you started coming over to my apartment, and we got the studio, and then everything's good now. So, but yeah. uh, that yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was uh. Oh, that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then, and then for a while, like Derek said, yeah, for a while, my Wi-Fi was down, so I went over to Derek's apartment. And, uh, and I, yeah, I had a studio before then, and, and, and then, like I said, it was smaller, and, you know, I didn't have a house at that time. And, you know, it's, oh, just what consistency does, you know, what, what consistency and staying power does, because... That that one very embarrassing you know story is definitely worth acknowledging in the stroll down memory lane 201st episode because I don't think I've ever shared that before in the show. But <laughs> live from the backseat of a police car, it's pancakes and power slams. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? If you know, if I would have went to jail and had my one call, <laughs> I would probably call my wife. But yeah, that one call would have been to finish the show. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on air. Uh, we're live in, from the Columbus, Ohio uh, jail. Uh, so how about uh, how about Chris Jericho this week? <laughs> That would have uh, very that would have been very interesting, but yeah, that was my favorite uh, pancakes and power slams story. So I hope you all enjoyed it. So, 
Let's get to Raw, ladies and gentlemen. We shall be right back. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for Dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama we jamming that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest we the dangerous alliance nah the Harlem Heat tie the do rag before we do battle you're talking sheep you all what you speak this too till the number is took back we repping that wolf pack the foundation shaking no mistaking yeah we shook that trust in God we trust pushing forward never look back meekness ain't at all weakness some people mistook that stamping out this crook rap he turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You too. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Donner Brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And because of these awesome ep- uh, these awesome uh, conversations, I now want to watch Hogan versus Warrior WrestleMania 6. And that uh, I think I will start laughing so hard. When I look at the end and look at the the Hogan, you know, <laughs> kick out, not kick it out of time, but trying to sell it as if it was a two count. I am going to laugh so hard when I watch that. And I'm going to tell everyone about how much I laughed so hard yeah, next week. So that's, I'm excited to laugh. I'm excited for a good laugh, and I know that I'm going to have one. Um, you had a comment here. These stories are more interesting than Raw. Greatly, greatly appreciate that. That was a very, very nice uh, comment there. So, Derek, let's get to Raw. So, w- what happened this week? Uh, Monday Night Raw. Typical Raw. wasn't horrible. wasn't great. We started off with Brock and uh, Heyman coming out to talk. And the thing is, is Brock Lesnar's. What a difference a year makes. I mean, the guy used to be this legendary human machine, and now he just kind of seems like he doesn't he doesn't have that same vibe that he had you know, a year ago. He comes out, and he smirks and smiles and does his thing. Paul Heyman goes off, and the Heyman obviously always does an excellent job. But, uh, you know, he goes off and talks. Ambrose comes out, says he's going to win at Fastlane. 
it was really kind of a pointless thing to start Raw off with. I mean, obviously, you know, Ambrose isn't going to come out and say, oh, I'm scared you're going to beat me up. So, again, that kind of makes Lesnar look, you know, just like another, like a Jack Swagger. Not, not that bad, but like a, a Dolph Ziggler. Oh. That's where I was going for. So, for that, not a whole lot. The opening segment was a bit lackluster. Again, Brock Lesnar just seems to have lost a lot of his steam. Callisto against Rusev. Uh, title match, Del Rio outside, and he's doing commentary. Uh, Rusev uh, gets counted out after a big schmoz that goes on, and again, uh, Callisto wins. He's not going to keep the title, obviously. I mean, nobody ever keeps a title forever, but uh, still not just that believable of a champion to me. After that, social outcasts, I'm still trying to get with these guys. I just The best thing they have going for them, I noticed last night with all my metalheads out there, you had Curtis Axel and Adam Rose, the greatest front man of all time. Axel Rose was being represented last night. But they ended up losing to the Usos. Usos win. They do their little dance and party. We've mentioned so many times on this show, we're tired of that. We're done with the – and it's not even really face paint that they wear anymore. It looks like some kind of sticker they throw on their face. You ever notice that? It just – it seems like yeah. some kind of paper. Yeah. They just tape their face, and it just looks ridiculous. Uh, Miss TV, we had AJ Styles on there. Um, Miss shoots off the mouth. He doesn't, anything he says anymore doesn't really hold a candle to anything because the Miss is just an absolute waste of time. Uh, AJ Styles attacks Miz after being insulted over and over again, which we knew would happen. It kind of went on a little too long. It's where it's, you know, what's keeping AJ from not jumping up and just pounding this guy? Which, I mean, if they have, end up having a feud, that'd be great. That'd be a good first match for AJ to just kind of pummel and just pretty much almost be a squash match, I'd think. Charlotte and Bree. If Flair tries to distract the ref, Bree ends up getting the win. However, I still don't see Charlotte losing the title anytime soon. I mean, Charlotte did a little better job than what we'd mentioned at the Royal Rumble. However, the whole thing, Divas Division is getting better. It is, ladies and gentlemen, getting better, but it's still at a road where I could almost still get up and use the bathroom or something when they come on. So, Because um, I couldn't do that during a commercial break. You don't want to miss a good commercial. Uh, the big show against Rowan. Well, show wins by a choke slam, which I think is kind of an easy win over someone like Roman. Or, sorry, Rowan. Uh, obviously, um, sad news, Bray and Bo Dallas wasn't able to be there last night because of uh, Blackjack Mulligan, their grandfather, is in uh, pretty bad shape. So, thoughts with him. Uh, that's obviously more important than the uh, lackluster show that was put on last night. Breeze and Titus O'Neil. Obviously, Titus wins. I mean, Tyler, Tyler Breeze just doesn't. He should have stayed in NXT, stay there, and not even come up to the roster because he's just – there's nothing good going on with that guy. But I can't see anything happening. Uh, Ziggler and Owens, uh, however, that was a great match. I really enjoyed that match thoroughly. The prize Ziggler got the win. Uh, yeah. Where that leaves – at that point, it, it'll we'll see. I mean, they kind of left that at a part where you know Owens can either go up or down. I can still see him being legitimate. Uh, they're still holding on to Tyler Breeze, which I do. Or I'm sorry, Dolph Ziggler, which I do kind of like to see them just keep uh, keeping him a bit in the forefront. Be a great upper mid card type talent. So they're they're building him all right. Sasha and Becky. Becky Lynch wins. It was battle of the dyed hair. Uh, and the weaves, no big thing going on. 
what I did like was Goldust asked our truth to be partners. And if you can remember when Goldust was partners with uh, Booker T, it was awesome. It was just a beautiful chemistry. And you kind of see Goldust going back to his old ooh, 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 where he was electrocuted. Yeah. And that doesn't really work now. It's kind of irrelevant because that was you know, 12, 15 years ago. But see where that goes. New Day against Reigns and Ambrose. Uh, again, that was a great match. It was a great showcase between the two. Lesnar pops out, F5's Ambrose. So it's almost like is Lesnar's beef more with Ambrose than it is with Reigns? Or, you know, what's going to come out of that? We do have Fastlane coming up here in the what, three or four weeks, so that's the road to WrestleMania. Raw, again, it wasn't too bad last night. I mean, it left a lot of open answers, but I do believe that um, Fastlane could shape up to be a really good pay-per-view. Yeah, I think so too. Um, just you know, those February pay per views for for many of them. Oh, uh, next question, uh, by the way. Uh, what Olympian uh, was managed by was a part of the Heenan family? What Olympian was a part of the Heenan family? Um, one thing that one thing that stood out on Raw for me was um, the the I guess the the goings on between Dean Ambrose and and Brock Lesnar. Now there you know Bray Wyatt's a, a, a choice, uh, Braun Strowman's a choice as far as Lesnar uh, at WrestleMania. But I tell you what, man, I. Just wish, and you got two. You got two months, so I mean, there's really no excuses. You know, you can still do it, but I just uh, there was just a part of me, and and you know, I'm not really a Dean Ambrose guy, and I've made that very very clear and very known here on the show. But I tell you what, him being the Intercontinental Champion really helped him, and uh, I I like it. But there's a part of me that is interested. In a Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, I, there's a part of me that, that that that's interested about that. Now, do you make it for the champion? Do you make it for the Intercontinental title? Now, that is a, of course, step down for Brock Lesnar. But um, yeah, you know that uh, it we can always make it. You can always make it uh, known that you know if Roman Reigns wins the uh, the the triple threat match, um, because Brock Lesnar f five you know Dean Ambrose and then uh, Roman Reigns speared uh, Lesnar and pinned Ambrose. You know you can always you can always do that. You can always kind of say. Well, they were the losers, and they they confused, you know, for the Intercontinental title. Or if you want to have, you know, Dean Ambrose drop the title to, like, Kevin Owens or something like that and have uh, some type of ladder match or some type of multi-person match at, uh, at WrestleMania for Kevin Owens' uh, Intercontinental Championship, you know, that could be a choice as well. But there's a, I mean, you know, there's, there's a part of me, because there's nothing slated, you know, him and... Uh, Ambrose and Jericho is a, is a pretty high consideration, but yeah, you know that's not really going to put Ambrose over all that much. Even if Jericho's a heel, um, 
you know, it's just another Jericho heel turn and, and another person that he'll lose to. You know, that's really what it boils down to. But Ambrose and Lesnar, I think they can sell. I think they can sell the I'm not afraid of you thing. They can make Lesnar a real, you know, you know, nonsense hero again, just a real mean, aggressive heel again. Uh, Triple H saying, you know, ask him if he was soft. That could have been, that could have planted some seeds. He had five of them at the end of the night. That could have planted some seeds too. So, I mean, there's a part of me that, I mean, if you really want to put Ambrose over, you know, this is the time, you know, going against the Brock Lesnar. I'm not not saying beat him, um, but at the same time, just, just that match on paper for WrestleMania, it draws some, it draws some kind of intrigue for me. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, it's drawing intrigue, but again, it, is, it seems like you know Lesnar's been there almost what since 2012, so he's been there for a while. Um, Ambrose, obviously, I always want to see him do well, farewell, and uh, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that Ambrose is getting the up and comings that he kind of I don't say deserves, but what. He, well, yeah, he does deserve it. I mean, he's really been doing a great job with his character and his role with the WWE. Uh, he's been there since about the same time as Brock. And, you know, from the Shield, his transition into a singles performer. And it's, we've been talking about him a lot. And throughout the past, you know, 2015, we're like, well, what's, there's nothing left for him to do. He's kind of worn out his welcome. He just kind of comes in and goes out. So kudos to that. I mean, I th- he can make almost anything work. I believe. And uh, Brock Lesnar, I mean, he comes, throws people around and, you know, beats his chest and suplexes. That seems to be all he can really do is suplex. So, uh, but he does it well. I'll take that. I will not take that away from him. So, anything Ambrose will be in whatever match or feud they put him in, he can always make the most of it. And so, I do believe that this would be an awesome match. And like I said, it seems like Lesnar's leaning more towards you know, wanting to defeat and destroy Ambrose than he is Roman Reigns, who he doesn't have the title now, but should have the title here soon, whatever that's going to be. It's just a big tug of war between, you know, who's going to have it after Triple H. So uh, we'll see where it goes. I think Fastlane is going to be a really great pay-per-view, and that just goes on to make WrestleMania that much better. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I, you know, again, I, I just don't have that. I, I'm not, I'm not bought into Dean Ambrose. I'm, I'm just not. To me, to me, Dean Ambrose is. He, he reminds me so much like Brian Pillman. I mean, he's just awesome charisma, very over. But he's kind of like a niche character. Like I don't see him like as a top guy. And just you know, his his shape is just. He's a skinny, tall guy with jeans and a t-shirt and this. With generic music, so I, you know, it just seems like there has to be a lot more reconstruction to make me believe Dean Ambrose to be a main event guy. And then his his mic to me his ring work is a bit overrated. I, you know, just the wacky mind. You can you can keep it, and uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those guys that don't believe. Uh, um, Dean Ambrose is he's he's a good worker. He's a workhorse. He definitely is that. But I I just I'm, I'm not necessarily bought into his character uh, and his ring work um, and his ring style at least. 
Uh, next question. What year did Scott Steiner turn heel? What year did Scott Steiner turn heel and join the NWO? All right, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, let's just try it. I, I appreciate all your uh, your insight and your fun tonight. Uh, we're going to spend this last segment with the listener's choice. This is this is big. This is the first time we've ever done this in in two hundred and one episodes. First time we'll ever do this. So we uh, are are we're, we're reaching out and believing. And trusting in the, uh, the 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 funness and the the creativity of the listeners, the live listeners. So, listeners' choice flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. And the listeners are getting their uh, flavor of the week topic together. And of course, we're going to read a few flavor of the week topics and see which one. Um, well, we will talk about this week. I want to mention uh, the Divas division. Uh, it looks like Sasha Banks is make, making a face turn, and I don't know how I feel about that. I think that the, the whole legit boss thing, she's a really, really good heel. Um, they are breaking up Team Bad, and I don't, I'm not a fan of that either because – what does what does that do for Naomi and and Tamina? They they just really I just really don't see them. Team Bad has really helped them become somebody again. And and since since Team Bad is no longer, it's really gonna it's really gonna be tough to to see if 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 they really mean you know what they're gonna do with them. Sadly. Um, but you know this Davis division is is confusing. You know you 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 want it's 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 WrestleMania season. You want to stick to a character. You want to stick with them, and, and and make it somebody. So I guess they're kind of doing that to push Sasha Banks as the babyface against Raw, and then Blue Bella beats Charlotte. I guess because of the Nikki surgery thing, they just kind of want to have a placeholder match at Fastlane. It's just too. It, it's it's too confusing. It, this Divas division is really too confusing. So, my question to you, Derek, is when's the last time? Well, your thoughts on on you know Banks and Bree and uh, this WrestleMania direction, and then when's the last time you, that you can say? Because you've been very critical of the Divas division for a while. When's the last time that you can say that? The Divas Division or the Women's Division was actually exciting to watch. Well, it goes back to when we had Wendy Richter and Thomas Deason. That's way old. Uh, let's see. Honestly, I almost have to say Attitude Era. Uh, when you had uh, Tori Wilson and Trish Stratus, Lita, uh, I'm forgetting a bunch of names. Like there's Ivory. There's this, Miss Jacqueline. This, Miss Jackie. <laughs> Jacqueline, Jackie, uh, Sable, obviously. Even Sunny didn't really wrestle as much. She was more of a valet. However, that was the last time I can really remember enjoying the women's division. And it wasn't just because all the evening gal match and stuff like that, but you actually had people in there that knew how to perform. That could, you know, you'd be on the edge of your seat watching these ladies just go at it. 
and there, there was a lot yeah. more passion with them. Then. It wasn't just ah, ah, eh, eh. it was they were they were just as hard <laughs> as a lot. Come on, That is the most annoying. They just now they just they're so powder puff. It, it's disgraceful. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, they. Even after the attitude era, they knew how to how to put on a match, how to tell a story. They don't know how to do that anymore. They're just, they're divas. They're just too polished and prissy. They want to look better than what they perform. And the women back then were gorgeous. Forget about it. And it it was just the women's division back then just wasn't as polished as it is now. As far as we want to look the part, be the part. I mean, the women back then looked the part, but they were the part. They brought table they brought it to the table they tore the house down and now it's just a bunch of you know pillow fights and he said she said well she doesn't do that she didn't know what she's talking about uh-uh not that no way and it so yeah the answer to the question attitude era they knew what they were doing with the women's division they made it awesome they made it interesting they made me buy into it and being a smart I don't buy into it. I haven't for probably 10, 12 years. It seems like every time I say something about wrestling, so it's, well, 10, 12 years ago, so that makes me an old coot. But, again, it, it, the women's division just has not been up to par, and it's almost like TNA's got one up on them. Hmm. <coughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't say I would say a little bit after Attitude Era, I would say um, Ruthless uh, Aggression uh, 2002-03 I still think that the, they had a pretty decent women's division at the time. They still had uh, of course Trish and Lita um, and they they had decent and, and then uh, I think around oh six oh five oh six oh seven with um, Molina Candice Michelle um, Michelle McCool Layla um, that yeah you know, that wasn't too bad that, that was uh, uh, Maurice that wasn't too bad. Uh, but just the you know the butterfly titles would really jack it up. I mean that's that's what really hurt the division so badly. So it was crazy. Also, for the week topic, um, here we go. So Brock Lesnar. Um, what was Brock Lesnar's best rivalry to you? Brock Lesnar's best rivalry. Uh, his best rivalry, honestly, probably when. Uh... Uh, recent memory, probably when him and uh, John Cena locked up. I mean, uh, Cena made a believable, at least, again, that was when Brock Lesnar was still this absolute powerhouse fresh off the UFC. To me, that was just really exciting. And uh, for someone like John Cena, who's been the top dog in Workhorse for so long, come in and lose twice, which was great and amazing. Uh, I love The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. So, I mean, Brock Lesnar knows how to make the marquee good. And uh, it just he can't do it by himself. He has to have that 
top guy to go in there with them. So I'd, honestly, Undertaker and Brock, I think, and uh, John Cena is a close second. Undertaker and Brock. If you want to go back to the day, Brock and Hogan, then eh, I don't. Know. I wasn't that impressed with Brock when he first came to the WWE. So mm. I want to say Undertaker mm-hmm. and Brock and Undertaker and Cena. Nice. Um, last trivia question tonight, real quick. Who was the final WCW television champion? Who was the final WCW television champion? Um, I liked Breck and Show. Uh, I would say Taken Brock was good. Uh, just because Taken Brock was good. The only thing was, I have no idea why. Still, Taker was so apt to put Lesnar over. I mean, I understood then, 2002 and 2003, losing to him consecutive No Mercy pay-per-views. But, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that feud that the only Taker singles one that he got was um, a, a you know screwy finish at uh, SummerSlam last year. So, I was, I don't know, a bit, a bit weird that uh, Taker was, uh, you know, prone and so uh, prone, yeah, so prone to put uh, Brock Lesnar over. Still, you know, I, I don't understand that. You want to talk about giving back to the business? You know, Taker really made Brock Lesnar, you know, a star as far as putting him over. And I think, I think giving that back to Taker would have been good. That's the reason why. At first, I was like, oh, no, I'm so glad this is... Please don't have another Taker-Brock match. I'm so glad this is over. But, you know, with the with the choices that we're getting with Brock Lesnar, uh, I'm I'm almost more... Uh, I'm almost more reluctantly... I'm, 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 I'm hesitantly, reluctantly, but still accepting... Of one last Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker match, and you know, I wrote an article to defend Brock Lesnar, Roman, but of course that wouldn't be my my first choice, of course. Um, and then Brock and Bray, I'm, I'm I'm not that that doesn't really interest me that much. It really didn't really it really didn't interest me at all to be honest. But um, I guess. I mean, and plus, you know, what does it do for Bray? Is Bray really going to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Is, is Bray Wyatt the person that beats Brock Lesnar? I mean, they they he beat the streak. He beat he won in the streak two years ago to set up for a win to to put someone over. And will that person be Bray Wyatt? I'm I'm just not too um, <laughs> I'm not too sold on that. So uh, and Axel, Axel Jim Duggan is the correct answer. Great job. So I don't know. I'm not too big on on Brock Bray. And so with the Dugan. whole Dallas crowd, Dugan, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm with the whole Dallas crowd, and you know with the whole Taker thing. I think that the win, I think the biggest win that the Undertaker can have right now. For the for the end of his career would be Brock Lesnar, 
And I think that's the only person because he, you know, if this is his last match, you don't want to, you know, have him go against like a Kevin Owens and or you know someone like that. You just or an AJ. People were saying AJ Styles. Absolutely not. No way. You know, you you don't want people. You don't want someone to beat Taker. You know, in Dallas's last match potentially. So you know. I don't want to see that. There's, there's talks of him and Braun Strowman. I don't want to see that either. So the best person, the best person that the Undertaker could could go against right now that would help him have that last win and just kind of patch up everything and just um, just kind of close all the chapters would be defeating Brock Lesnar. So that would that's my pitch. That's that's someone who I would uh, you know. That's a match that I would be willing to see just a this kind of like a final chapter and ending for WrestleMania. I know I said Dean Ambrose, um, you know Dean Dean and, and, and Brock would be decent. I, I, I'm interested in that, but I would much rather see Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Nice story in memory lane, 2001. Uh, next week we have an interview, uh, a, 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 an interesting interview um, next week. So stay tuned. Uh, for that, and then we have more interviews coming up the pike, so please stay tuned for that. Awesome show as always. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for supporting me uh, and Derek uh, and throughout these 201 episodes. We will continue to make it so much fun and enjoyable for you all. Tuesday nights is the place to be. The Pancakes and Power Sam show is the show to listen to, and we will continue to make it the funnest premiere episode of Tuesday nights. Ladies and gentlemen, 201 episodes in the books. Till next week. God bless. Goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.